Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I'm James Hinchcliffe. I'm Alexander Rossi. Idiot. I believe <laughs> hot dogs are sandwiches. Well, that is up for debate. Well, we're going to get into that. And we're going to get episode. into that. Of course, we are joined by producer Thim. You're welcome for actually Thank being here. Thank you guys for having me, letting me in the door this time. <sighs> well, well, I mean, you well, came you, in through the window, but. Because. I mean, it's not like you, you came in through the window, you unlocked the door, went back out through the window, and then came in through the door so you didn't think that we saw what you did. I just I wanted to I wanted to have that experience of coming through the threshold, being welcomed. You guys. Without knocking, which as you know, really yeah, really a, grinds that's, my that's gears. That's a gears grinder. Anyway, you're an idiot. Why? It's not I didn't say it. Well, I mean I just said it now. You but, said it twice now. I thought you were kidding. Well, have you ever heard of the show Idiot Test on Game Show Network? Nope. I love it. It's one of my favorite shows, genuinely. I love puzzles, and I love, like, logic questions and equations and things like that. That's weird, because when you have a conversation with you, you wouldn't think that. No, no, you would think that I just like puppies and rainbows, which I do. And Tim Hortons. And and Tim Bits and a double-double. And Papa John's and lots of other things. Anyway, the host of that show is a guy called Ben Glebe, and Ben Glebe is a very, very talented comedian, very talented television show host, both things he knew he was going to be from the age of five. He has a very particular stance on hot dogs. And what <laughs> age did you know you were going to be a professional race car driver? I'm still not sure I'm going to make it. <laughs> right. So he knew at five and accomplished it. The thing is, at Off Track, we love talking to people that, were, that are driven, that are motivated, that had a goal, achieved it, set new goals, and kept going. And in the world of comedy, in the world of TV hosting, Ben very much epitomizes that. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this interview. It was, it was quick. It was really fun. We're glad he came by. But before we learn about how you find out if you're an idiot, take a listen to this. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing and highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot because, well, we think it's the best. Alex, recently we did a Reddit AMA, which I think means ask me anything. It does. Okay, I wasn't actually sure what What that does meant. Reddit mean? Um, it's a color it's in like a Stephen to... King novel. Okay. We were asked a question, and uh, it caused a little bit of a, of a is, discussion. Is this the hot dog question? This is the hot dog question. Oh, yeah. So, well, so Thim, you were moderating sh- the AMA. Thim. 
Yeah. Also, don't talk until you're spoken to. Um, but I'm speaking to you now, so you may respond. <laughs> what was the question? What was the hot dog question that caused the, the a question? Bit of the, the question. Uh, let me let me pull it up so I make sure that we give. Literally, the question credit. was: Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yeah, but I want to give credit to the person that asked it, so I'm, I'm pulling it up. Okay, well, you do that. The question was, is a hot dog a sandwich? And Alex was very quick to answer. Absolutely, it's, it's uh, a sandwich. Reddit user Apollo72521. So thank you for nearly breaking up our friendship, Apollo72521. But yeah, your answer was? It is a sandwich, without a doubt. And your rationale was? My rationale for that is, it's a piece of meat between two pieces of bread, and just because you don't say the word sandwich after it, i.e. call it a hot dog sandwich, doesn't mean it's not a sandwich. When you talk about an ATM machine, you don't call it an ATM machine. You call it an automatic teller machine, i.e. ATM. Correct. So, But is at, it two pieces of bread? Well, cause so, so here's the thing. So I, at first, I didn't want to agree. Not because I like not agreeing with you, which in general is true, sure. but... I'm also logical, and so I was trying to find a logical answer as to why it's not a sandwich, because nobody calls it a hot dog sandwich, and nobody really classifies it as a sandwich on menus or whatever. So what do you classify it as? It's actually under the sandwich section of a menu, just FYI. Yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. But so is other, so are like wraps and stuff. They all get thrown in together. No, it's sandwiches and wraps. I, let me finish. Okay. <laughs> just, you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> when Alex interrupts me all the time. So, I was sitting there and I was trying to think about this. And I was like, well, it's not really like a sandwich because the, the bun is connected. But it's, like, it's kind of like a sub. It's more like a sub. But sure. then I'm like, a sub is a sandwich. Like it's a, sub, a submarine oh, sandwich. Oh, yeah. Like, that's like a what sub, yeah. It. And that is one piece of bread as and well. that is one piece of bread. And so like, like Jimmy John's. We like, love Jimmy John's. Or, yep, or Subway or any of the other excellent you know, Quiznos, Debella's, Firehouse. I think there's more. There's probably more. Uh, but yeah, I, I tried really hard to come up with like a logical reason as to why it's not a sandwich. I slept on it overnight, and I'm telling you today, I can't. And this so is I, a breakthrough, James. I, I, using logic, which is how I get through life, I have to concede that a hot dog is in fact a sandwich. Yes. I wish this was a battle royale of sandwiches. It just, <laughs> like, I, I hate it because I'm, I'm with win you. I, it feels wrong. No, yeah, I don't. But there's no justification I, for it not being it. I don't love it. But it's the only explanation. You're welcome. You know what, guys? It's good that you take this approach in life of learning something new every day. And I'm glad that I could provide that for you. Well, I mean, you didn't really teach us anything. Uh, you didn't think it was a sandwich before me. so well, it was before the question was asked. You didn't ask the question. That's true, but I knew the answer. Yeah, but, but I, I, I came to the conclusion on my own. Apollo, had I agreed with you, you wouldn't have thought about it. You wouldn't have lost sleep over it last night. Fair. Okay. Uh, Apollo yeah. 72521. I want you to know how much this was discussed. It, no, it was like, <laughs> like a lengthy was, discussion. Like yeah. We couldn't answer the question on the Reddit or else we would have, or on the AMA. It would, it would have been the only thing we that would have we burned did. for the yeah. entire time. Yeah. Well, now we know. It's it's settled, and I don't think any of us are happy about it. Alex seems okay. I'm, I'm pretty pretty stoked about <laughs> you it. You and I are definitely upset yeah, about it. No. But who, 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 wants, who wants a hot dog? Uh, oh, let's yeah. go. Let's do it. We got, yeah. we got a hot dog. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is AskOffTrack, or you can take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram or Snapchat story. We're also taking emails at ask at offtrackpod.com and phone calls at 317-731-2372. If we like what you have to say, we'll mention it on the next show, so you better make it pretty good. Hello and welcome back to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I am James Hinchcliffe. I'm Alex Rossi. And we are joined by another wonderful guest. He is a comedian. He is a television host. He is a man of many talents. 
Mr. Ben Glebe, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's pretty cool we get so many comedians. It must have something to do with our weird producer, Thim. The thin bodiless <laughs> voice that sometimes chimes in when nobody asks him to? Yep, that's me. Uh, yeah, Ben and I, we've known each other for probably about 10 years now. I'm yeah. sorry, Ben. Um, you were no, really maybe. He, he, dod- he, he, he dodges me more than you guys. You guys try to get rid of me. He's pretty successful at it. I'm real good at it. We're going to talk later. <laughs> I we don't need, know how I'm here. We need, we need to. Yeah, you, you screwed something up. Eventually, I had to say yes to one thing. <laughs> yeah. You figure there's other people in the room for this, so maybe yeah. I'll at least dilute. I thought it would be a limited amount of talking. <laughs> well, great. We appreciate the effort to uh, break through the mold here and come hang out with Tim. Um, so you were born in L.A. I was. Did you always want to be an entertainer in comedy? I always did. Since about uh, six, five, six, seven years old, I always knew I would be a comedian and a TV host. Okay. Always oh, wow. knew it. For right. early. Was that because your parents were involved? or They were not at all involved. All right. No. So five or six, yep. you said, I'm not only going to be a comedian, I'm going to be a TV host. Yep. I knew it. I knew it early. I was just fascinated by it. I would have dreams about it. I was watching Johnny Carson as a young kid. My parents made me go to bed at a certain, like 8.30, you know, when I was a kid, like any kid, but I had a TV in my room. They never made me turn the television off. I think, I don't know <laughs> if they intentionally were encouraging my creativity or laziness or they just didn't think about, they didn't know that rule. They didn't read that in the parenting books. They yeah. also make sure they're asleep for crying out There's loud. There's a chapter in there about that, I'm pretty sure. Probs. But to this day, that's why I'm still a complete night owl and why I went to bed at 6.30 this morning. I just am unable to shut my brain off until I'm physically about to pass out. Do you, do you still watch TV every night? Like to, to go to bed till 6 in the morning? No. no. Well, I do. No. I do TV slash internet. Does Netflix count as internet or TV? Internet. In this discussion. I think it counts as... Uh, you yeah, really ask quite a conundrum. Yeah. That's like, is a hot dog a sandwich, Ben? What do you this think? This is your idiot 100%. test, Ben. This is your idiot test. <laughs> 100% is Netflix... a hot dog is not a sandwich. Oh, why? Oh, we disagree. Can it's you please ridiculous. explain that to me? Yeah, because sandwich is two pieces of bread. But what about a sub? A Subway sub sandwich. A sandwich. Or a submarine sandwich, or as it's called. Quiznos sandwich. We've, that's an interesting We had interesting a huge point. debate about but that. But I'd, like to, I'd like, to, like to go deeper on that with you. That's because a Subway sandwich has all of the other sandwich elements that make it a sandwich. So it gives you a... a it, it, it gets a pass into sandwich. How does, it how does can't hot, then give a pass to right. a hot dog. How does a hot dog not have the same elements? You've got meat. You can put vegetables. You put sauces. You put toppings. No, it's not about any vegetable, sauces, or meat. No one's putting Thai sauce on a sandwich. No one's putting relish on a sandwich. You're not putting relish. You put mustard. You put ketchup. You, put, you, put you don't put ketchup. You don't put ketchup on a sandwich. You, you put it on a burger. Burger's a sandwich. Burger's no, a sandwich. it's not. That's Absolutely. two pieces of bread. By your definition, that's no. a sandwich. With it's lettuce, the tomato, definition. onion. Also, well, okay, it's not the only definition. What's the, only, what's the other? A sandwich has to have meats that are not... <laughs> hamburger is a sandwich, which means a Subway submarine sandwich is a hamburger's sandwich. Hamburger's not a sandwich. Hamburger's a sandwich. No, under on a menu, hamburgers aren't under sandwiches. So this also came up. So under sandwiches, you say sandwiches and hamburgers, or sandwiches and wraps, or sandwiches and hot dogs. But right. at the end of the day, they're all sandwiches. And you go to a Toyota car dealership, right? It's still a car, even though it's a Toyota. So you don't have to say Toyota car dealership. You can say. Well, Toyota I understand dealership. that, but are you right. telling me you would ever be at a at a ballpark and your friend's eating a hot dog? You're gonna say, "How's that sandwich?" Be honest with me. It's now. a hot dog sandwich. No, it's not. Absolutely. <laughs> Keep it, is. it on. Would you ever say? How's that sandwich? No, but that's not the point. We're not asking what you call but it. You We're would asking with what a it's classified as. Do you call them Kleenex or do you call them facial no, tissues? No, but you didn't ask me. You didn't <laughs> what ask do you call, I call clean- them tissues? What is it classified as then? What is it? What, 
Well, you're asking me the genus of of, of no, but what, what, what yeah. classification are you saying? What's it colloquially it? known as? What food group is it? What We're food group is a hot dog? Yeah. It's several food groups. <laughs> we've got vegetables. We've got meats. We've got breads. And there's, there's an argument that there's no food group really by a hot dog because nobody knows true. what that is. It's yeah. its own food group. Yeah, if you want to include a dog's <laughs> as a sandwich, that's on you. That's your life. But don't try to say it's a, it's a, it's a broadly accepted rule. I think if it's between two pieces of bread, then yeah, you could still what say What happens between two consenting pieces of bread right. is none of our business. Exactly. <laughs> I eat my hot dogs plain. It's disgusting. Why? If you eat a hot dog plain, you have to eat just the, just the meat. You can't have the bread. That's, that's not a rule anywhere. Yeah, what is. world do you how, live in? How dry do you want your mouth? Maybe it's a maybe it's a juicy sausage. Or uh... I, 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 would, I would prefer that you never make eye contact with me again while saying the term juicy sausage. That's Fine. Uh, maybe it's a juicy hot dog. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the word juicy that's the problem here. I don't want you looking at me. Moist. Think, it's better than moist, moist or damp. Can I leave now? A damp sausage. Yes, you may. Oh, I think right. we got everything we need. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So five or six years old, you decided you just. That was it. I'm going to be a comedian. I didn't decide for sure I was going to pursue it then. I knew that I wanted to do it, and I knew that would be a wonderful dream life for me. I didn't decide to do it until I was 18. Okay. I was already doing it and dabbling in it at the end of high school, but I didn't decide until for sure 100% that I would do it until I had a little bit of success in it by the time I was 18. Do you remember your, the first joke you ever wrote? The first original Ben Glebe joke? I don't remember specifically what joke it was. I mean, there was jokes early on. I started as an impressionist in stand-up comedy, and by the time I was like eight or nine years old, I had 100 celebrity impressions, and I was doing all kinds of voices. And, what were your best ones? And my, I would do jokes. I've written stand-up. I had a box of stand-up comedy jokes about jokes about you know your classic stuff back in the day, airplanes and 7-Eleven. My classic impressions when I was a kid, I would do like Ronald Reagan and, and uh, George Bush, the first George Bush, and I would do you know Robin Leach and Jack Nicholson and... All those classic people. So did you ever have a moment where, like, you bombed? Yeah. What was the worst one? When I was first starting out, it took me about three months of doing open mics to figure out how to start getting laughs for real. Like, I would get a chuckle here and there, but I remember there was one set I was doing in the Valley at a place called... Yeah, I don't remember the name of the place. Oh, <laughs> Lulu's. It was a coffee house, maybe Lulu's. And it was packed to the brim, and usually packed room indicates you're going to do well. It makes it easier. And... I'm up there for five minutes, and I'm literally not getting a sound from anyone. I mean, just stone cold, nothing. And what do you do in that scenario? Well, you just keep going. Yeah. Just try to not let it affect you and not let it affect your face so it gets worse, but it's hard to do that when you're consistently bombing. And the door to exit and enter was right near the stage, and so it's this very long place, and I see this one person in the back during excruciatingly long joke walk all the way towards the front and past me. And I was telling a joke where the punchline that got no laugh was, adios. And as they walk by me, she goes, adios, and just leaves the place. <laughs> and it didn't feel good. Did people laugh at that? Yeah, yeah she got laughs. So oh. She got, she got the biggest laugh of that She night. came back into Gabao. <laughs> <laughs> they actually called her back the week after. Yeah. The, the positive side of things, was there ever a point where you felt like you made it? Where it was like, okay, I'm good at this. This is my breakthrough thing that has finally happened. I feel like it's almost two different questions because there's definitely times where I felt like I broke through and like I'm good at this. It's almost three different questions. I feel like I was good at it pretty early. I felt like I was good at it about six months to a year in. I'd already had a talk show in college for four years by the time I started stand-up and 
that went well, and that's what became then a talk show I had for the National Lampoon Network called, called The Gleep Show, based on my college show. And so I knew I was good at hosting and at, com- and at comedy. I didn't know yet I was good at stand-up. And then after those three months, once I figured it out, I was killing pretty consistently. So, you know, four, five, six months in, I felt like I, w- I, I could be really good at stand-up. And I felt like I broke through, you know, as much like some of the, m- the most creative, interesting things I've ever done in my career was that National Lampoon talk show, but only aired to college campuses and nobody saw it. So the greatest things I've ever done were seen by nobody. So can't you redo them now that you have a bigger platform? Theoretically, but like life moves on and your tastes move on and things you want to focus on kind of advance. And so I could, I just recently thought about revisiting one of my characters from that old show, but, and I just posted a a photo of one of them, Zoran, Zoran, the world's fastest hypnotist. (laughs) You're now under my complete control. That's right. But I, I may or may not do that, but, um, you know, a lot of the things and characters I would do were, I think maybe a little bit, a little bit, similar in vibe and, and character style to some of the characters that Nick Kroll did on The Kroll Show. And I did it, you know, not to say, he never saw my show, but I did it long before he did, but mine was never seen by anybody. His was on Comedy Central, and you see trajectories change based on, obviously, the amount of exposure the stuff you do gets. And there's a bit of luck and connection and, and, and just contacts that is responsible for that. It's not always just sheerly the amount of talent you got. But when I felt like I made... I, I don't still feel like I've made it in a way where I'm guaranteed to have a career the rest of my life. Well, to be successful, I don't think anyone feels like they've ever made it, right? That's... Well, I mean, so here's a question, and this is something that, so the, part of the whole purpose of, of this podcast of Off Track is, you know, Alex and I had to dedicate a lot of time to our craft, to do what we do, to breach the top of the top of our chosen field. Mm-hmm. And we like talking to people who've done the same thing in their chosen field. And you, you, kind, of, you kind of bring up the word, and, I, and it's an interesting question for me, like, what is success to you? What, like, what would you define as it? Because I think that's a very different thing for every person. Yeah. Um, Going deep now. I like it. I like that a lot. You know, just the thing, just a few minutes back, we were having a great light hot dog conversation. A juicy hot dog conversation. Yeah, you did it again. <laughs> you did it again. It was the eye contact. Oh, yeah. every time he says juicy, it's like, a, it's right down the barrel. <laughs> Don't enjoy that at all. Um, even the word, how I define success, I think there's, you know, different levels to it. I think success in life is just the ability to make a living at what you do and to feel secure and to know that you're entertaining a lot of people. What you enjoy doing. What you enjoy doing. Yeah. And, and that's where I, luckily, I'm at now. And so I feel successful in my career. But to be a real success... There's, I have to climb 50,000 more levels. I mean, not, that's exaggerating, but like 50 more levels. There's a lot more climbing to do. I want to be considered one of the greats. I want to be one of the best comedians to ever live. I want to be a person that, that just makes millions and millions laugh consistently over a lifetime. I want to keep challenging myself, keep going to the next level, keep getting better at my craft, keep getting to do it in bigger and bigger stages, bigger platforms. I want to host the Oscars. I want to host a late-night talk show. I want to make it one of the most innovative talk shows. I want to host a political talk show that helps the country see important issues in a different way um, and helps uh, while, while using humor to, to, to kind of enlighten and to bring conversations together. And I also want to have a lot more on the silly side of my com- comedy career. There's so much more that I want to do. I want to write books. I want to, there's a lot that so I there's a grand have, goal. You want to make a, end up making a difference, just in society in general. It's not just about making yeah. people laugh. It's about actually bringing people together. That is a big part of what 
of what I want to do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I would be very happy if my career shifted another track and focused more on the silly stuff. And that's kind of what you were saying earlier. The stuff I used to do was just more silly. And, you know, I was younger and more carefree about my goals. And I just wanted to make people laugh. And I still love that goal. And if that ends up being the shift I go, you know, the track I end up on, that's great. And I can just post political things angrily on online like everybody else does. <laughs> you know, if, if, if Deborah Messing can be very political, so can I. It doesn't have to be your whole career. Meaning just like any actor on any show can do it and be eloquent about the things they say. So can any comedian. But um, I would like, I, th I think I see my career shifting into, where, into a place where it's kind of combining some, some more important or deeper, some impactful deeper cause. Deeper yeah. meaning to yeah. the, the, the things I try to talk about. And is that, is that I guess, method always going to be through stand-up, do you think? Or do you think it'll be through other avenues? I think it'll be through other avenues as well. I'll never stop doing stand-up. I really hope to do stand-up. You know, the week that I die would be great if I'm in my 90s or 100s and I'm doing stand-up. But um, I think that it's... I don't really want to ever become completely a political comedian by any means. I, you know, right now in my in my touring hour of the Laugh It Off tour, you can get tickets at Glebe.com for I'm coming to a lot of cities near you. We'll post a link on our Twitter, Ask Off Track. Thank you very much. I am doing of my hour or so on stage maybe eight minutes that are political. It's not very political. I don't ever want to become like just Bill Maher on stage or I'm right. only telling jokes or, or Dennis Miller on stage. But I would love to host a political daily show type show, but one that brings the country together too is important to me. So I, you know, I realized that a lot of the great political comedy of the last decade, I think likely never really converted many minds. Like, look at what Jon Stewart did on The Daily Show and all the Emmys he won and all the great work. But he was preaching to a liberal crowd of people that already agreed with him politically. So I'm trying to really delve into creating shows that bring both sides of the country together, that have conversations that bring both sides. And I think that maybe is an area where there's a new frontier that hasn't been much explored. So obviously hosting is kind of what you want to do from a kid. It's what you're doing now. Idiot Test, your brainchild? It was not. It was not my brainchild. GSN, Game Show Network, just thought I'd be a good fit for the show. And I met with the creators and we then brought it to air together and kind of massaged it together and figured out exactly how it would exist on camera. But it was their baby. It was their idea. H2R Productions and, and the Rosenblatt brothers created it. And then we just, you know, took it from there. And I became the head writer and co-executive producer. I, I mean, I love the show. I think it's Thank you. absolutely hilarious. Thank you. Uh, I also have determined that by most accounts, I am, in fact, an idiot. Yeah, oh, we, knew no, we knew that. You don't need yeah. to watch the show. It's weird that nobody told me. Oh, we I tell you, all you the... put it together when you uh, forgot to turn that one time. Yeah, <laughs> that happened. He, he had well, he didn't actually forget to turn his suspension broke. He had a big accident. It's a long story, and I nearly died. And Tim thinks it's very funny. I like, I like to make fun of him for it a lot. Yeah, he got what, a hinge kebabed. What is it like to be in? I've always wondered, and I haven't asked the question: to be in a race car accident, painful, fun. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Was it very painful, or did or were you pretty insulated? Well, he. Uh, I was very concussed. So it would have been painful had I been more present. Uh -huh. Were you not like, I mean, I don't want to get morbid, but were you not at the point where you had almost lost enough blood to die? Yeah. No, oh. yeah. They lost my pulse at one point. Getting oh, me to the damn. OR. Yeah, no, it was, it was a big deal. I probably shouldn't make fun of it as much. Right. As no, yeah, it's, it's mean funny of you because, to do. I, because the whole thing, in all honesty, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. 
genuinely. Why? It, it, it changed me as a person in very, very positive ways. I was incredibly fortunate, incredibly lucky, not only to survive, but to be able to still do what I do, still have all the functions that a, a able-bodied person had beforehand. But it, it changed my outlook on a lot of things, and it made me live my life a different way. When you come that close to losing everything, it makes you look at things a little differently. And so I actually, I'm, I'm glad in a lot of ways that it happened. So what did it change in your perspective? Because I feel like people always say that, but then their follow-up is just like, oh yeah, it makes me appreciate life more. Like, what, is, what was the real change that made it the best thing that ever happened to you? Okay, so it's, it's, it's twofold. One, it, it makes you um, appreciate the people in your life a little bit better uh, and who really is in your life and who really should be in your life and things like that. There's certain people that rise to the occasion when, when it's the fan, so to speak. And... Uh, and it, and it kind of makes you look at other people, even that maybe weren't involved in the situation at all, but it gives you a better gauge, I think, in people and who you want to have kind of close to you. And then the other side of it is, you know, before I was very much one of these people that was always kind of making an excuse as to why I would do something later. And I'm not just talking about general procrastination. Yes, I'm a massive procrastinator, but like I want to go on a trip to X, you know, oh, I can't make it work this this winter, we'll do it next year. There's always next year, you know? Well, guess what? There's not always next year. One year, there will not be a next year. And the, the frank fact is, you don't know when that year is. And so now, if things come up or opportunities come up or something there's something I want to do, you just do it. You just take it and you do it. Even if it's something that makes you uncomfortable, uh, I live way more outside of my comfort zone than I used to, things like that. So it's, it, I feel like I, I live my life in a better way than I did before because of that. That's a very solid answer. I like that. I had a health scare this last year, and I, like, leading up to a surgery that I had to have, I felt like I was really feeling a lot of that more appreciating of life and perspective and that you don't have any time guaranteed. But I feel like as soon as it was done, to some degree, I, like, got so busy again immediately that I, was, I like, forgot it all. I'm like, ah, same as I'm back on Instagram all day. <laughs> Just so you know. So with that... We're going to transition into the next segment of the show called uh, Lightning Round. It should be. Lightning Round. It's, it's, not, not, it's never actually been Why lightning. shouldn't it be called We should really change the name. We should really you change, should change the name. It. It's, it's on my pod- a continuation of the interview. On my <laughs> podcast, I call it my quick round, the Thunder Round, mm. because it's a podcast and you can't, you can't hear you can't, lightning. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't see it. Great but you can't steal that now, so get, stick with your traditional Lightning Round title. Oh, but can't we? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, watch us. Yeah. So, guys, um, well, welcome to the Thunder Round. Yeah. For, for, for a long time now, we've been talking about changing the name, and we yeah. may have just we may have just, just stumbled across a new name. At least let me plug my podcast for that. Yeah, Last absolutely. week on Earth, please subscribe. I summarize the world every week, and it's the original home of the Thunder Round. Just so you know. And I tell you what, you should uh, you should subscribe on Castbox.fm. Do it, or anywhere you listen to to podcasts. Any but place. We seem to think that Castbox is probably the better. Probably choice. the best. Do you remember the, the the biggest idiot that's been on Idiot Test? Oh man, um, I know you get a few, but like, what was the what was one scenario that was like the dumbest thing? We had an episode, we had a few episodes like this, but especially one where both teams, all four contestants, couldn't get any question right, and we got to our final round to determine who wins, and the score was zero 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 zero. Which was pretty amazing. Um, they were just idiots all around. So what is the first car you ever owned? As this is a 
car slash motorsports. Yes, for sure. You know, I, I feel bad because I'm not that much of a car guy myself. Don't feel bad. My ex-girlfriend is the car girl. You should have her on the podcast, by the way. Courtney Hansen. You know her. I assume you know her, Courtney yeah, Hanson. She's one of the Hanson sisters. I love them, Bob. Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> Jennifer Bob Hanson. Bob was really great. Jennifer Hanson's one of my so. favorite Hansons. <laughs> she's like known as the car girl. She was the, the, the host of the uh, show Overhauling, and then she hosted oh, yeah. for years uh, Power Nation on Spike, yeah, yeah. Stream 4x4 okay. and trucks and all the yeah. shows. My first car was a Pontiac Sunfire, though. There you go. And I loved it. It was a really cool, sporty-looking car when it first came out, and I feel really bad about this because, you know... I grew up in maybe a town where image was a little bit more important than it should be, and my grandfather, bless his soul, bought me this used Cadillac, like Cimarron, this weird two-tone car, and I just showed up from school one day, and it was in my driveway, and I hated it so much, <laughs> and I was going to be made fun of for this old lady car that I begged him to return it, and no he way. returned it, and then we went, I waited like six months, and we ordered a special order this car, and I had all these features I wanted. Cup holders are very important to me in a car. <laughs> As they should. Very important. I want be. my guests to be comfortable. I like to have cups. I like to have my hands free. Yeah. And so safety first, Ben. Yeah. One hundred p. So Pontiac Sunfire was the first. What's the fastest you've ever driven? Oh, I used to be a speed demon. Did you? Yeah. Not so a like, car so guy. Like Seventy five. I, I hit about one hundred and ten, one hundred and twelve on the freeway many times. In the Sunfire. In the Sunfire. Yeah, I was playing on my high school football team when we were driving back from summer leagues. We had a volunteer to drive a few players in the car, and a bunch of ball players come back from a victory, and we're just all pumped up and adrenaline going. And I remember one time, I was only going this time, I think about 105, on, we were just racing each other on the freeway back home, and I hit like just like a kind of a bump. It was like a, like a decline, sudden sharp decline in the freeway, and my car took off. <laughs> flew in the air that's suboptimal in the racing world we describe that as a suboptimal event yeah it was not it was fun <laughs> but then I, I was real reckless back in the day and I've been in many car accidents too but I was real reckless and then on that same drive then I was like speeding I remember this I was speeding up up Santa Monica Boulevard towards Century City up the very steep hill and it's only one lane each way and I'm speeding trying to pass a car I'm going in this complete blind road coming at me and I just barely cut in before a car hit at us. That was an intense. But I've been in lots of car accidents, but mostly at, at fairly <laughs> slow velocities and, and due to my own just lack of paying attention. Yeah. I'll, hit, I'll just hit cars. One time I got in a one-car accident. It was just me <laughs> and a light pole. Your insurance must love you. Yeah, no, I, I had sky-high insurance for many years. It's still not great. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's been tough. Like my one car accident, I was in college and I was going to shoot a short film for, for the Glebe show that I had written a spoof of Titanic. I got a hotel to allow me to use their banquet ballroom from like midnight till 7 a.m. for free and all these extras there dressed in gowns to recreate the Titanic. And I'm driving on campus and I had a bow tie in my lap for the scene and all of a sudden the bow tie's not there and I decide while driving on the campus loop's a great time to look for the bow tie, and I looked for it and found it, and as I drove into a light pole, <laughs> banged up the entire car, bent the axle real bad, and had to get there because I was late for my own shoot, so I drove in a car that would not turn left, and I had to turn right into this really weird roundabout route to get to the shoot. Three rights to do every oh, left yeah. turn. Oh, yeah. And all that while your hands were free because your car had cup holders. You better believe that. Crazy. <laughs> not a bow tie holder, sadly. Apparently not. Mm-hmm. Sitting on a gold mine. Yeah, yep. think about it. Cars need You guys tires. know some people at Honda. I think you can make this happen. We can maybe make that happen. Maybe even just go tie holder more broadly. <laughs> no, I like the I like the specificity okay. of the bow tie okay. holder. Yeah. I do. Appreciate so, that. for Battle Royale...
I'm going to give you guys a group of characters, whether they're real or fake. Uh, you have to imagine that that group of characters are in a massive uh, physical brawl. You're picking uh, who you think would win that fight. I will be the judge. Uh, if anybody disagrees, we will have a poll up on our Twitter, Ask Off Track. You can pick uh, who you think should have won. But today, your group of characters are game show hosts. Past oh, I like this. I like this a lot. So Minus we, yourself. Minus myself. You're not allowed to use yourself. Unless Fair you enough. really think you'd just no, clean it up. No, you have a no, good okay. argument as to why you think you would win in a brawl. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I recently and sadly got in two bar fights, and so... Did you win? Some, oh, yeah. yeah I okay. put them both down quickly. Nice. I wouldn't even call them full-on fights. People came at me, and I just ended it quick. <laughs> Grabbed them off their chair, or, or there was one was standing in my face. How do they come at you the if they're still on their chair? That the one guy in the words. chair wasn't coming at me. Okay, so he you was, went after him. He was coming at me with his words, <laughs> and then he had kissed my recent ex-girlfriend from like two days earlier, and we were there still hanging out. And then he also took my food and was eating my cheesy bread. And literally, as he, I'm like, it's my food. He goes, yeah, and bites it, and, there's a, and a big, I grabbed it, no, he and a big it. cheesy string came out, and I just took him right to the ground. Yeah, he deserves yeah, it. Yeah, no, if you, once you get into the cheesy Don't bread. touch a guy's yeah. cheesy you bread. Don't touch a man's cheesy bread. There are two rules His ex-girlfriend, fine. All right, so you, you, get to, you get to start us off if you'd like. Are you uh, going to give me game show host options? It's just no, a, it's, it's any open. game show host. So I just tell you who would be who? Yeah. Well, I'll say who would beat everybody? They're all in a big fight. Yeah. Like if somehow all, all, all of them got together and they were in a big fight. Who would win? Who would win? Oh, my. I think that I could see Chuck Woolery winning because he's become very angry and, and bitter in his older age. I could see that. I think Alex Trebek would be kind of cunning, though, and you'd probably like poison your, your tea. He's Canadian. Yeah. He's got a mustache. Yeah. Very, very good qualities. I think he might have cut the mustache off about a decade ago. I'm not even sure, though, to be honest. No, he definitely did, but I still picture you, you, you mustache connect with that. Trebek. Just because you sure. have a mustache. I feel like he's a little bit like the dude from Princess Bride, like, I poisoned your... You know, I have the but I knew that you were going to know that I was going to switch him. You fell victim to the classic blunder, most famous of which never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. So I feel like... Wow. <laughs> wow. So Let's sample like, the impressions there from Ben there So I feel like Trebek wins. Yes. All right, Trebek. Trebek. Alex? Point. Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. Hmm. Okay. I assume there's a ba- there's like a backstory to that. Well, I really was expecting people to be like, "Oh, he's not a game show host." And I was gonna be like, "I was well, gonna say that," but was. you really suck at battle royale, so we were gonna. Yeah, give you you're this. just no. Been pretty he bad was. At I've actually I've won some. He was uh, on sale of the century in England in the '90s, so he does qualify as a past game okay, show. Okay, so host. why would Simon Cowell be good in a brawl? I think that is self-explanatory. Is no, it? so here's how I, I see Simon I think Cowell. He's, I think he's well fit enough. I Big think words. he has a very, very bad temper. Big words, soft fighter. I think he's one of those guys mm-hmm. that uses his words because he can't actually fight. Yeah. Oh, so, so like you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I use small words because I don't want to fight, and I also couldn't if, had, if I had to. Fair. Unless Cheesy Bread was. So me. why do you seriously don't think Simon Cowell could kick Alex Trebek? No, absolutely not. No. Alex Trebek, it, he's, he's cunning, he's wily. I'm a little bit upset because Alex Trebek was in my top two, so I'm going to mm-hmm. have to go to my backup here. We're, we're going to stop talking about Simon Cowell because it's clearly not right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. My backup here. <laughs> Is Steve Harvey? Steve Harvey. I, I was considering him. Go I was considering because him. because he still has a mustache. He does. That's where Alex has his weakness. Trebek shaved it off, and that took away some of his mojo. Mm-hmm. The guy is like in his sixties. He still is fit as all get out. He works harder than any man yeah. I know. Yeah, because Simon Cowell is super out no, of shape. He stay, No, he stays. 
fit. He stays sharp. He's, he's well no rested. He's got no time for a brawl or the gym. He's wearing. Why do you think he wears such huge, oversized suits? Because because he's so it's big. All flab he's mu- no, he's there. muscular. No, you can tell he's floating. He posts under there pictures on Twitter doing like reps in the gym. The so guy- here's, here's the deal. So James once met Steve Harvey and James asked, was on celebrity and asked him twice. to come to the I, Indianapolis 500. Twice. He said, "Oh, I'm booked for the next three years." And now it's James. James thinks he's like this all empowering. He's an incredible being human being. Because he's busy. Okay. Not like, because he's busy. Because he hustles. A lot of people are busy. Because yeah. he works hard. Because he gets it done. Doesn't mean he's successful in everything you, he does. It is unbelievable and, and the crush that you have on humble, him. He's super Super nice guy. Married for a I, long time. I just don't time. see him taking Alex Trebek down. I don't see Super him. humble, super nice guy. Great qualities of a great fighter. Yeah, yeah. generally that's Let me just, all the champs. Yeah. Been... But he's, no, because when he needs to, when, it, when, when, when something needs to get done, he will get it done. If that means brawling and taking out Alex Trebek, Cowell's not even in this fight anymore. If it's just Alex Trebek <laughs> and Steve Harvey in a mono a mono showdown at the end, because they would be the two last men standing. And look, I hear you, and I think you both realize you already lost to the Trebek choice, yeah, no, but I'll, I'll put one final point on it. Just picture yourself entering a dark alley, maybe in a foreign country, and you're vulnerable. <laughs> Who do you see across that alley you'd be more scared with? Friendly Steve Harvey or double agent, but very potentially Alex Trebek? Or a very furious, red, and sweaty Simon Cow. No, no one's okay. scared of that. It's, it's Alex Trebek. Uh, okay. I think Alex Trebek's going to take this. I'm surprised <laughs> nobody true. went. I'm surprised nobody went with Bob Barker, having just recently rewatched Happy Gilmore. We know he can fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to give this to Alex Trebek this round. Ben Glebe, you are the winner of this battle royale. Thank you so much. Damn it. Really if anybody disagrees, that. we will have a poll up on our Twitter, Ask Off Track. Um, but you'd be wrong if you disagree. But, uh, I mean, he doesn't have a mustache anymore. There is no power. He's not Samson. There's no power that comes from a mustache. That's your opinion, and I could agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. See, that's a great point. All right. Oh, like your hot dog and... Let me ask you a question. It, do you consider a mustache a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> it's a serious question. Yes. If it was in bread. If it's in between two <laughs> pieces of bread, it's a mustache sandwich. <laughs> and on that bombshell... I'm going to give you a mustache sandwich. You understand me? <laughs> On that bombshell, nope. we would no, like to I thank don't. Ben Glebe so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure, you thank guys. You. Thanks thank a lot. Thank Thanks you. a lot. Guys, follow me at Ben Glebe. Just let us be honest. Don't don't make a big mistake of your life and not follow me online. At yeah, Ben that... Glebe, you can get the tour tickets on your website. Glebe.com, G-L-E-I-B. Laugh it off tour coming to you right now. DC and to San Diego and Dallas, everywhere. And go to castbox.fm, download Castbox, and then search all your favorite podcasts, including Last Week on Earth with Ben Glebe. This has been Off Track with Finch and Rossi. Thanks so much. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is AskOffTrack, or you can take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram or Snapchat story. We're also taking emails at ask at offtrackpod.com and phone calls at 317-731-2372. If we like what you have to say, we'll mention it on the next show, so you better make it pretty good. We're also individually on Twitter at at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. And if you want to, though we have no idea why you would, you can follow producer Thim at at the Tim Durham. Thank you, Ben uh, Glebe, for coming out and talking with us today. If you'd like to follow Ben on Twitter, his, uh, his handle is at Ben Glebe. The music you heard on this episode was written by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. And the show is produced by Chris Boniello and Jeff Umbro of the Podglomerate, as well as them himself, Tim Durham. Also, Peter Vincer, Matt Monreon, and Lucy Shen at CastBox. 
Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing and highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. The Podglomer, a sonic universe. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.